Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. This week, we start a new month. It's November. We've got Health and Human Services stopping by. They're going to talk about the latest COVID boosters, influenza shots, your kids, and a lot more. You know, minorities make up one-third of the population, yet only 18% own their own businesses. We'll discuss how communities can support them. And happy 50th anniversary home box office. Yeah, we're talking about HBO and a new book that's coming out that talks all about its humble beginnings and the future. And we've got some game-changing treatments that will help limit the side effects of chemo. All this and more coming up on this week's episode of Florida Roundtable. And you can always find replay podcasts on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Florida Roundtable. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. A jacuzzi bath system fits in your existing tub space. It's a no-mess installation with an amazing style selection, factory-certified installers, and a limited lifetime warranty. Call 800-517-6580, 800-517-6580 right now and get 50% off installations with no interest and no payments for 12 months. Replace that old bathtub today with a walk-in shower for a safer bathing experience. If you have lived in your home for over 15 years, it's time to remodel your bathroom. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-517-6580. That's 800-517-6580. 800-517-6580. Are you a homeowner and need extra cash to pay off debt, medical bills, education expenses? Or are you planning for retirement? Homeowners like us have most of our money tied up in our homes. But what good does it do if you can't access your money with a real-life checkbook? Easy Knock offers a new way of getting cash out of your home. They buy it from you, and you stay in your home as a renter. And depending on your program, you can also buy it back at any time. If your credit score is not perfect, don't worry. Easy Knock can still help you get the cash you need. If your home is valued at $100,000 or more, take five minutes of your time to learn how to convert the equity in your home into cash. Give Easy Knock a call right now. 800-382-7624. 800-382-7624. That's 800-382-7624. It's the Florida Roundtable, and... The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is on the, on the line right now with me. And we have been talking about a lot lately when it came to COVID-19. And it seems like the flu virus kind of just got left by the wayside. But guess what, kids? It's right around the corner. Matter of fact, you should be getting your flu shots now. And, and we're going to talk about COVID-19 as well. Matter of fact, let's just bring Dr. Kenneth Alexander in. Hey, welcome back to the Florida Roundtable, Dr. Alexander. It's a pleasure. Good morning. Yeah, good morning to you or good afternoon, wherever you guys are listening. Uh, so what do people need to know, first and foremost? We have an updated COVID-19 vaccine. So what do we need to know about that? Wow, there's, so there's lots of things going on. And you mentioned both influenza and COVID vaccination. Mm-hmm. So there's good news on several fronts. 
first with the, with the updated COVID vaccine, that's now providing antigen to, perform, uh, to provide us some protection against Omicron, which is, of course, the strain that's now circulating. Right now, that vaccine is approved for adults, but we can look for it being approved in uh, teenagers in the, in the weeks to come. The other bit of good news is that we're still finding that teenagers that get and, and younger children that get COVID vaccine are being protected against severe disease. We're not seeing vaccinated kids ending up on the hospital. And then on the flu front, of course, it looks like we're headed for a bad flu season. Nobody likes that kind of news, no. but we're seeing more and more flu activity in the community. Now, the good news here is, well, that vaccine works too. So between the two of them, if we vaccinate our kids, we can probably do a lot to keep from having them miss school, having us miss work, and in the rare cases, keep kids out of the hospital. Wow, good stuff there. Now, who is eligible to get this updated COVID-19 uh, vaccine? Kids, adults, where are we at on that? So right now, the updated one, the one with the Omicron uh, antigens, is available for adults, so 18 and up. And then what we're going to see is that becomes available for younger kids as we get more and more information. Flu vaccine, good for kids six months and older. Ah, okay. Um, the kids five and older, though, that are eligible to receive these updated vaccines, is there anything that their parents should know, any information they should have? Really not a whole lot that's new here in terms of the vaccines. We're not seeing any new side effects. We're not seeing anything different. So the good news is it looks like it works. There we go. We're talking about uh, Health and Human Services, Dr. Kenneth Alexander. And we mentioned influenza. We're talking about the COVID-19 uh, um, virus vaccination as well, the updated one. Now, can you get both vaccines on the same day? I mean, I, I, I'm a busy girl. I got, you know, when I get errands, I, it's like, do it all. Take care of it. So can I get sure COVID can. in one it arm and flu in the other? Absolutely. You sure can. And let's be honest, going back for two shots of pain in the neck. So <laughs> you can absolutely get the two of them at the same time. Perfect. Because I had heard, and a lot of people too, a lot of misinformation out there when it came to the COVID-19 vaccine and, of course, the naysayers and the anti-vaxxers. But frankly, a lot of folks, even pharmacists, were saying, no, you don't want to do the flu and that at the same time. Was it just to get us to come back in the store? <laughs> I wish I knew. But what it's not is science. The, the science says give them together. And there's actually good data there to support that. Perfect. What's the future look like? COVID's going to be here for a long time, like the common cold, huh? I think COVID is just a, a part of our lives now, and we're going to get vaccinated for it. Hopefully, it'll just become... Well, kind of like flu vaccine, we just, just do it once a year. But remember that COVID actually carries high, morta uh, high mortality as well, just like influenza, mm -hmm. especially in older folks. So we want to protect kids, but we're also vaccinating them to protect the people around them. Thank you so much. Hey, where can Floridians go to get more information for themselves and their children or grandkids? So there's a whole bunch of good sites. The CDC has a really good site for vaccine information, and uh, I'd recommend that people go there. The state health department has really good information, uh, and certainly go look at vaccines.gov. Oh, Dr. Kenneth Alexander from Health and Human Services, we appreciate you stopping by and always keeping us up to date here on the Florida Roundtable. Thanks, Doc. Thank you.
You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. More Florida Roundtable right around the next corner. Stay there. Get the facts and take action before a bad contractor takes advantage of you. Hurricane and storm recovery can be emotionally and financially challenging without having to worry about being scammed by contractors. Find out how to protect yourself from fraud and scams by reviewing AARP Florida's important disaster recovery advice. From vetting contractors to understanding assignment of benefits, we've got you covered. Visit aarp.org slash fldisasterhelp. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archie Bello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot... And visit BrainHealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at BrainHealth.gov. Many, many moons ago, there was this new startup. Home Box Office. What a strange name. But it made sense. Bring the TV and make it like, you know, like a theater and movies and such. Well, with that in mind... I've got a veteran media reporter on the hook here named Felix Gillette, and he's going to talk to me about the inside story of HBO. Welcome. How are you, Felix? Doing terrific. So tell us, first and foremost, what made you decide to write a book about the beginnings of HBO? Part of it was just curiosity. Uh, I loved a lot of the HBO programming in the 2000s. Uh, that was when I first got my you know, my first HBO subscription. I didn't really know too much about the early years, and I was very curious about how this small startup that was initially funded by Time Inc., a magazine company, how it grew into this huge powerhouse of television and cable and satellite TV. Uh, and the other part of the appeal was that in 2019, when John and I started on this book, uh, you know, HBO's parent company had just been acquired by AT&T, and, you know, they were trying to make this transition from the cable and satellite era of home entertainment to this new era of streaming television. And it had already been somewhat rocky, and we were thinking, okay, you know, is HBO still going to be around in three years by the time we finish this book? And it was really appealing and intriguing to see how HBO would be able to make this big leap from the era that they had really had so much success in to this new 
era that they were struggling to master. We're talking with Felix Gillette along with John Coughlin. He uh, they've got a book called It's Not TV, which is uh, the subtitle is The Spectacular Rise, Revolution and Future of HBO, which is what we're talking about at this moment. Now, I came up all the way from the minute that HBO hit the TV as home box office. Mm -hmm. I was there every Friday night, I think it was, for not necessarily the news. I loved the video jukebox, the whole concept. They started movies at 8 o'clock on, you know, Saturday Mm -hmm. night. It was was an awesome way of setting things up, and just, they became a behemoth, really, just power players. And then, as they, they adapted, which I loved, to the point where there were classics, where they started getting the serials, you know, and doing a, every Friday or Saturday or Sunday night, you know, there was a new release mm-hmm. episode. So Sopranos, yep. Succession Now, Sex in the City back in the day, and now again. Yep. Just crazy. They dominated. Yep. So incredible. when they first started, what did you find out about the, uh, the grassroots, uh, you know, startup of home box office, which then turned into HBO yep. and now is HBO Max? Yeah, what was interesting is in those early days, they were the initial idea was well, we can't really compete with, you know, the broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, NBC. They're too powerful. They have too much money. They give away their product for free. Everyone has TV in their house. So we're going to do things differently. And the home box office idea was we'll put on anything you would have to go out and buy a ticket for in the real world. So Hollywood movies, sporting events like boxing. Um, stand-up comedy performances, music performances. And that idea really carried them from the 1970s through the late 80s, early 90s. And then one fascinating moment in HBO's history was at some point they decided, you know, it's great to have a Michael Jackson concert or a uh, Dolly Parton concert or a Madonna concert. People come in and watch it, but then they watch it and then they leave and their attention goes elsewhere. If we're going to keep people hanging around, if we're really going to get people coming back every week, let's start competing with the broadcast networks. Let's make serialized television in a serious way. And what's crazy looking back at it is they had this amazing run right out of the gate in the 1990s where they, you know, have Sex in the City, Oz, The Sopranos, Deadwood, The Wire, Six Feet Under, all these shows uh, that are very successful um, right out of the gate, and we tell the story of kind of how they do that. And to me, the decision that was probably one of the biggest decisions uh, in the 50-year history. Wow, we're talking with author Felix Gillette. Now, you uh, you are an enterprise editor for Bloomberg's news, media, entertainment, and telecom team. That's correct. I love that. That's awesome stuff. You've also uh, been a staff writer at Washington City Paper, Columbia Journalism Review, The Village Voice, New York Observer. Wow, there's some creds there for this guy. Um, (laughs) We love it. The book is called It's Not TV. I'm about a quarter way through it. And I noticed I noticed there was a, a good section about, well, misogyny and how female executives and creators and such uh, can yep. you give us a little bit of an explanation of, you know, what was yeah. happening? Yeah, I think um, that was a big part of the book that was really interesting. I didn't know beforehand that, um, you know, in the early days, HBO executives decided, you know, the broadcast networks, eh, they kind of make their programming towards women because they want to sell products. So we're going to make a network for men. And so they used to say all these you know, sexist things like, oh, the man of the household pays the cable bill. The man controls the remote control. Uh, so we're going to you know, make programming for men, which is why they had a lot of boxing. It's why they had these 
you know, quote unquote, adult sitcoms uh, that had a ton of nudity, female nudity in them. It's why they have these, uh, you know, R-rated, risky late night documentaries. Like First and Ten. Yeah, that was one of the riskiest yeah. late night doc. No, no, I know. You mean the real sex docs and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. real sex stuff. Um, and so, and it really did impact, uh, there were a lot of really talented women uh, working in the executive and development ranks at HBO in the 80s and 90s, but, you know, we found out it was a very difficult place to work in part because there was so much resistance to putting on programming that had a female point of view. Um, you know, there were a lot of great stand-up comics that were doing their routines on HBO in the 80s, and we tell the story of one uh, female executive who, you know, made a big effort. Let's get more female comics on HBO Air, and they were doing this. And then she said, you know, why don't we, you know, take one of these comics and uh, make a, a show around them? This was kind of all the rage in the '80s, and you know, taking stand-up right. comedies and making shows like Seinfeld. And uh, you know, they had Roseanne, who had just done a big comedy special for HBO, and. Uh, Roseanne's manager actually approached HBO and said, hey, would you guys be interested in doing some sort of show around Roseanne? And this executive inside HBO said, oh, this is a great idea. Let's do it. And immediately her, she got shot down because the, you know, the men who controlled the network were basically like, nope, that's not what we do. We don't really make shows with women as lead characters. We're not uh, in the business of catering to female viewers. And, of course, Roseanne takes the idea and goes over to ABC, and it becomes this enormous success and, uh, you know, great sitcom that ran for years. Bad so call, HBO. Yeah. Yeah, bad yeah. call for HBO. Yeah, it seems mm -hmm. like it. So a lot of miscalculations that I'd also, um, as we're talking about HBO and it's not TV is the book. So they had a, a lot of uh, mergers and such that kind of went sideways too. fallouts from, uh, from that for HBO. Can you ex give us a yeah. little bit of info on that? Yeah, I mean, HBO has never been a standalone company. It was initially started by Time Inc., the magazine empire, and it's always been kind of battered around by these big corporate mergers. So the really first big disastrous one was when AOL uh, merged with Time Warner in the 2000s, and this uh, turned into one of the worst uh, corporate marriages of all time. HBO was, they managed to survive it in part by just resisting everything AOL wanted them to do um, and continuing to do what they did well. And then AT&T later bought Time Warner and took over. Uh, and that was another rocky marriage between those two companies. But one thing that was interesting is, um, to me, is that, you know, HBO at one point, in 2005, 2006, uh, there were some executives inside HBO that said, oh, why don't we go out and buy this company called Netflix, which is sending out DVDs by mail. People go on their website, you know, say what movie they want to watch. They have this great direct relationship with customers. They're really good at the Internet. They'd be a great um, acquisition. It'd be a great partnership. Uh, let's go out and buy Netflix. And they took this idea to their bosses in New York, and the HBO bosses in New York said, absolutely not. And they had just gone through this disastrous merger with AOL. And their takeaway from that was these cyber visionaries who say they're going to revolutionize the future are just total phonies. It's not going to work. They have bad ideas. They don't know what they're talking about. And they so they looked at this Netflix idea and they said, yeah, we're going to pass on that one too. Oh, no. Because it's just AOL all over again. <laughs> and, you know, they were 
mistake on that front. Big one. Sure. Yeah, big mistake. Although the mail-in part of that, and I think in my mind it only lasted about three or four years when Blockbuster kind of faded into the black, mm-hmm. and then yep. Netflix and Redbox and those things came up where it was the mail DVDs. That was so quick. Yep. Uh, it was gone in a blip, but yeah, HBO yep. certainly missed the bus on that one. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about the future, as you put it in the book, It's Not mm-hmm. TV. Hmm? The future is really interesting. I mean, right now you're in a world where HBO has launched this broader streaming platform called HBO Max that competes with Netflix, that competes with Disney+, Plus, that competes with Paramount+. Plus. Uh, it's a very crowded marketplace in this new world of streaming. And I think a lot of it is now going to be a competition overseas. Um, HBO has, you know, for decades, their whole business model was building up this HBO brand in the United States. HBO stands for premium programming. You know you're going to pay extra for HBO and you're going to get something great. It's interesting to me, I didn't know this before we started researching the book, but overseas, HBO took an entirely different approach, which was that they never put any money into the brand itself and instead, they took their shows and they essentially licensed them out to the top bidder in any market and said, you can take The Sopranos, you can take Game of Thrones, pay us money for it, put it on your network, brand it yourself. Um, and they made huge amount of profits from that overseas. The problem is that in the rest of the world, most people don't associate shows like Game of Thrones with HBO. They don't even know what HBO is. Um, so in some ways, HBO is starting from scratch overseas. And Netflix does have a huge head start on them in Asia, in Europe, in much of Central and South America. Uh, So I think the future of HBO is now going to be seeing, can we take this programming success that we've had in the United States? Can we create shows that are meaningful uh, to people around the world and build up a service that people want to pay for? Um, And I think, you know, the, the bright note is that HBO has had a great 2001, 2002. Uh, They won more Emmys than anybody else this year. They uh, cleaned up. They beat Netflix handily. They had, you know, Succession, Insecure, uh, Mayor of Easton, The White Lotus. They've had a really strong programming lineup for the past year. Even House of the Dragon, which I think has not been as critically beloved as uh, Game of Thrones, has been very successful for them from a audience standpoint. Um, And that's a show that, in theory, uh, should work really well overseas. A sci-fi show um, should translate into other languages and cultures well for them. So it's looking pretty good for HBO, we think. Sure it is. The book is called It's Not TV, The Spectacular Rise, Revolution, and Future of HBO by veteran media reporters Felix Gillette from Bloomberg, who I'm talking with right now, and his partner John Koblin. It's a riveting story about a startup and all the missteps, wins, and losses, and I love it. So if you get a chance, folks, pick it up, read it. It's a good read. And Felix, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. 
If you don't have a health plan through your employer, you can still get quality health insurance through the federal marketplace. Not sure where to begin? A navigator can help you cut through the clutter. There's no obligation, and getting help is always free. Open enrollment ends on January 15th, so don't wait. It's easy. From your mobile phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword navigator. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from iHeartMedia. That's pound 250 navigator. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? More confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You want to learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as The Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion, or your race, or because you have children, or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Yay, it's time. It is. I was just in the hallways here in my studio as a Florida News Network, and they've already got the Christmas trees out and the wreaths displayed and huge, larger-than-life candy canes. It's crazy. 
and the peak holiday shopping season, it's here. Now the question is, how, where, and when will consumers shop? So with that in mind, please welcome Melissa Basto. She's the Director of Corporate Strategy and Insights for Cotton Incorporated. Hello, Melissa. Hello. How are you doing, Melissa? I am fine today. Good to talk to another Melissa. So tell us about this survey that y'all had, the 2022 survey, and what it revealed about Christmas holiday shopping. Sure. Well, I think uh, some interesting news we got from the survey this year is that people are just excited about this holiday season. For the past couple of years, they've kind of had to pack up their traditions and not necessarily bring those out for the holidays. So I think a lot of people are looking forward to the opportunity to get back into the physical stores because they want to actually touch the items that are there. They want to see, you know, look around and get inspiration, but they really want inspiration for the holiday shopping. So they want to see those decorations that you already have out in your <laughs> in your hallway, and they want to smell the, the spices and the smells of the holiday to really kind of get them in the mood for shopping. Right, right. So uh, I do. I, the physical touching of things and, and the smells, again, that is the holiday to a lot of people. So what do you uh, think, what do you see because of the survey the uh, top purchasing categories? What are, what are people thinking about? Well, what we see from um, what they're tra- trying to buy for their friends and family this year, what tops the list is clothing. 57% say they're planning to buy that. Then we have gift cards uh, as well as toys and electronics. We've seen a little bit of decrease in those planning to shop for electronics this year, but an increase in those planning to buy clothes. Clothes do tend to top the list quite often. They tend to say that's important to them, the clothing, because that's one they can kind of fit into their budget as needed. And they're looking at things like T-shirts and pajamas and jeans as being good gifts, and also those with cotton in them because they say it can be comfortable, it can be breathable, and it can be good quality so that they're giving their family things they like. We are talking to the Director of Corporate Strategy and Insights for Cotton Incorporated, Melissa Bastos, is with us, talking about the holiday shopping season. Um, When's it start? Are we looking forward to Black Friday? Are people already purchasing Cyber Monday? What's the deal? Well, some people have already started their shopping. There's definitely been deals happening over the past month in particular. But we also know that what's increased this year, the percent who say they're going to be shopping in November. So this month is really the one where most people say, okay, it's time, time, I need to get these uh, gifts in order and I need to um, check off my list. So we do know people will be out there shopping. We do know inflation is a concern for them. So they're definitely those deals and anytime they can get promotions will be a place uh, they're gonna be looking to shop. So Black Friday is on their list. 56% say they'll be planning to shop Black Friday, both in store and online. 44% will be looking at Cyber Monday shopping. So we know that they're going to be trying to take advantage of any deals they can find. Uh, Don't forget about Small Business Saturdays either. I'm just going to throw that out there. But the inflation, I was just getting ready to mention that. Are they going to spend our shoppers more money this year, less money? What does the survey tell you? We're looking specifically at their top gift. They're looking at um, clothing. They do tell us they're going to spend an average of about 100 or $323, and that's similar to what they spent last year. So they are planning to spend about the same. We do know that inflation for in terms of clothing, the prices have not increased as high as other items. So what we do know, though, is that if they're spending about the same, they are going to have to, again, look for those deals to help stretch their, their money a little bit farther. So the director here of Corporate Strategy and Insights for Cotton Incorporated, Melissa Basto, says that consumers are planning on shopping all through November, looking for the deals. The the big one, Black Friday, of course, right after the Thanksgiving holiday is going to be huge. How much research do you think that our consumers are doing on their gifts prior to the purchase? 
Well, research is definitely a big deal for consumers these days, and they're online researching, whether they're shopping online or shopping in the store. They're going to be online doing their research, trying to get ideas for what they're going to buy. Definitely something we see the majority of consumers do. Um, so they will be researching, trying to find where they can get their deals and be out in the stores or online trying to shop. And that's important. And Small Business Saturday is also important as well. Uh, even though a smaller percentage say they'll be shopping those, that is something mm -hmm. that even on our website at Cotton Corp, we'll be working closely with some small businesses to make sure you can take advantage of some of those deals for cotton. Hey, Melissa, where can we get more information for our listeners? Well, you can go to thefabricofourlives.com shop cotton, and that's where you'll be linked to retailers who are offering these cotton goods. And if you're just interested in the research and more around how shoppers are, are shopping and what is important to them, you can go to lifestylemonitor.cottoninc.com. Melissa, it's been a blast. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season yourself and you and yours. And, well, thank you for enlightening us about what shoppers are going to do this holiday season on the Florida Roundtable. Thank you. Happy holidays to you. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable on the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. We'll be right back with more Roundtable. You stay right there. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you for coming on board. It's November. It is National Entrepreneurship Month. And in the United States, about a half a million startups launch every year. Nationwide, 18% of businesses are owned by entrepreneurs of color. Despite contributing 4.7 million jobs and approximately 700 billion in economic activity, though, black and Hispanic, Latino-owned and operated businesses still have obstacles. With that in mind, welcome Lee Henderson. He's the executive sponsor for EY Entrepreneurs Access Network. Could you uh, say hello and tell me what? That's a big title, sir. Uh, <laughs> EY Entrepreneurs Access Network. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Melissa. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And, and I'll tell you, so the, the Entrepreneur Access Network um, is, a, is a program that we started um, a couple of years ago. So we've been working with entrepreneurs. We have a number of entrepreneur programs that we've been working with for, for decades now. So we've been working with entrepreneurs for a long time. But a couple of years ago, we started basically an accelerator. It's a, it's an, think about it as an entrepreneur accelerator for um, black and Hispanic companies who are right on the cusp of doing something really special that we've identified and said, how can we use our platform to help them get over that hump? That's probably the best way to, <laughs> to put it in a, in a summary form. That makes sense. So um, what about the social justice landscape? How are these businesses of color being impacted? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, right, because I would say before sort of it was highlighted, you know, if you go back to 2020 um, and say pre-2020 what happened, well, you know, there was a huge disparity that existed. Um, and the, you, you said some of the numbers a little while ago, a huge disparity that, that existed before, um, before the pan, even before the pandemic. And in 2020, with all the social injustice and social awareness that came about, um, it was really, these companies start to, um, uh, it, I would say, the, the rest of the world or the rest of the um, people around our country, rather, start to get really focused on, on this because the issues that these companies had sort of exacerbated during the pandemic. Now, we did a survey in 2021, Melissa, and that survey was, the purpose of it was really to see, like, answer the question you just asked, which is how are these companies feeling, what's happening, um, the focus on social injustice, did that really benefit? And actually it did because there was a ton of awareness. Um, people leaned in, big companies especially, and we saw some pretty encouraging numbers. I mean, revenue increased significantly for black and Hispanic entrepreneurs, a level of collaboration with big businesses, the spend, um, consumer spending, 
um, investments dollars started um, started going in. And then fast forward to 2022 this year, we just conducted a study this year to say, let's do like a little bit of a checkup, right? So what's happening now? And I would tell you that there's a little bit some warning signs that has sort of um, um, popped out. I think this, 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 commu- this community of entrepreneurs, they're a little bit anxious with respect to will this attention kind of wear off as you're starting to see a little bit of waning um, of awareness, a little bit of waning of attention that's falling on the numbers. So revenue's still up, but well off from what it was the year before. So what do we do to correct this? What can the community do to help out? Well, I tell you, we got to be intentional, right? I think is the, the, the word. I think the word of uh, my day on this is always we have to be real intentional. And there's I always think about it in threes, right? There's a consumers like yourself and, and me, Melissa, who we've got to think about our dollars. So where are we spending our dollars? Are we going into these communities? Are we really focused on being intentional about buying um, products and services from black and Hispanic businesses? Because we know that's a patch that needs a little bit of um, uh, um, differential help. And I'll say the investors, for the investment community, if you're an investor and you're listening to this, if you're sitting at a PE or VC or angel investor, is, um, is your group of decision makers around the table, how you're making your, um, your decisions to make investment, uh, is it diverse, right? Does your group really understand? Are you investing to understand the needs of this community, understand the barriers that this community faces, and adjusting your parameters, if you will, that have existed for a long time to make sure you can make investments um, here that are needed? And if you're a big company, go back to what you were doing last year, lean in on that a little bit more. Huge, huge spending power with big companies. So just some tweaks and adjustments to, um, to focus on this community can really help to diversify your pipeline of suppliers. Those are three ways or three, I would say, folks you know, in, the, um, in the chain, Melissa, that if those things happen, um, we can make a big difference. But the real key word is let's just continue to be intentional about it. Man, that is some good information. We're talking with Lee Henderson. He is America's EY private leader and executive sponsor for EYEAN, which stands for Entrepreneurs Access Network. Where can our listeners go for more information to help out uh, black-owned and Hispanic-Latino businesses? If you just say what you just said, Melissa, that was a perfect plug. If you just type in EY and Entrepreneurs Access Network in your search bar, you will, um, you will get to us. And there's a lot of resources that are on that website just for any business, by the way. But it also gives you, it's a gateway to also, um, to also contact us to be engaged um, in the program. Fantastic. Great information. Get it out there, folks, and help out. Lee, thank you so much for being on the Florida Roundtable. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Melissa. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. I love the ocean. Me? I love a slow, winding river. I love the lake. Slick as glass. But nothing compares to what you love inside the boat. My family. My child. My best friend from first grade. If you're behind the wheel of a boat, pay attention. That way your favorite water will always be safe water. Learn more about boating safety at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Recently, I picked up my grandson's backpack and was shocked at how heavy it was. Do you know the average student backpack weighs anywhere between 12 and 20 pounds? 
that's a big bag to lug around. Now, you may not carry a backpack anymore, but I bet you know what it's like to feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. What burdens are you carrying today? Are they relational, financial, stress from your job, difficult health situation? The Bible tells us to cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares for you. Now, the burdens will not magically go away, but they will seem lighter and easier to handle. You can find peace even in the middle of life's struggles. Give Jesus a try. He loves you, and He will help you carry your burdens. What have you got to lose except a backpack full of trouble? This is Bryant Wright, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. It's the Florida Roundtable, and there are so many things going on in our world, and lung cancer is just one of them. And by far, it is the leading cause of cancer death among Americans, more than breast, colon, or prostate cancers combined. Now, the stats are a reminder of the severity of the disease, but advancements in lung cancer treatments are helping change the outcome providing needed hope. And with that in mind, we've got Dina Kamal and Dr. Keith Lero. He's an oncologist with Wilson Regional Medical Center. So tell us, uh, Dr. Lero, first and foremost, what, what is going on with these negative side effects that people experience when they have chemotherapy? Well, Melissa, um, we all know people who have had cancer and have been treated uh, most frequently with chemotherapy and uh, the problem with chemotherapy treatments is that many times they don't distinguish between the bad cells, the cancer cells, and the good cells, such as the blood cells and the bone marrow cells and the stomach cells. And so therefore, as, as a patient's being treated in an attempt to shrink the tumor, uh, prevent it from spreading, and, and kill the, the cancer cells, oftentimes the side effects occur because the drugs are adversely affecting uh, the good cells. So it, it became important to, because some of these older treatments, even though they have a lot of side effects, are very effective. So then the impetus became, can we reduce the side effects of these effective chemotherapies by protecting the good tissues? What a great idea. With us, Dina Kamal. Now you, you're a lung cancer patient, advocate, former smoker, I'm assuming, got a little uh, diagnosis of small cell lung cancer. How'd that happen? And what? And how, tell us your story. How about that? Okay. Um, when I was 59 years old, I was having reoccurrence, uh, reoccurrence of, of bronchitis, and I decided that I would go to the doctor because they, the bronchitis was reoccurring too often, and I was tired and fatigued, and I really couldn't get up to do anything. Um, so I decided to go, I would go to the doctor. And when I went to the doctor, and he said that he would do a special test because I kept having reoccurrence of bronchitis, and he was concerned. And so I went, and, and he did that special test, and I went home, and he called me. He called me back and told me to come in. And when I came in, um, he sat me down and he said that, he said, I'm going to snatch the Band-Aid off, Ms. Kamal. You have cancer. <sighs> and all I could do, all I could do was fall on the floor um, out of my chair and just cry and cry <sighs> and cry. But he introduced me to a wonderful doctor. 
um, Dr. Keith Lero, you know, a wonderful <laughs> doctor, and, and I'm here today because of the, the Lord and Dr. Lero, and I really appreciate Dr. Lero. Well, Dina, tell us what it was like to go through chemotherapy. Well, the first round was a lot of fatigue, a lot, I mean, a lot of fatigue, a lot of tiredness, a lot of uh, hair loss, a lot of, uh, of dehydration. Um, I really had a bad situation with the first round. Uh, but the second round, they came, they had come out with another, they came out with another drug. And this drug made my uh, round, just the second round, a lot better. It made it a lot, of be a lot better, a lot of less fatigue. I was able to get up and do things that I couldn't do before. And I really appreciate the hands of the uh, researchers. And the only way we can get medicine that could help us is through research and uh, people that help us. And the only way we can you can do that is if you want to help us through lcfamerica.org. Ooh, good for you. Look at her popping out the information, Dr. Lero. She knows how to do this. So tell us, <laughs> tell us how this new treatment works, Dr. Lero. What are we doing to, uh, well, the game changing. Obviously, Dina just told us about the side effects that she uh, experienced. So how are we changing things, and how does this new treatment work? Well, it's, it's a, it was an interesting concept when it was being tested, and it's an ingenious approach. And the way it works is that before the patient is administered chemotherapy in the doctor's office, they first receive a preliminary infusion of a drug known as a chemoprotectant. And this chemoprotectant goes in the vein and goes all over the body and it goes to the good cells and it, it forms like a shell around the good cells. It protects them, but it doesn't do anything. It ignores the bad cancer cells, but it creates a shell, a protective shell around the good cells so that when a few hours later the chemotherapy is infused, um, the chemotherapy then goes to the bad cancer cells and damages and kills them, but it bypasses the um, healthy cells, um, thereby reducing the, the side effects of chemotherapy. Now, is this just for small cell lung cancer patients, or are we working on this treatment for others' cancers? Yes, that's an excellent question. Uh, currently, it's been tested and approved by the FDA in patients with small cell lung cancer. However, it is currently being researched in other cancer types, and hopefully with some more good um, uh, clinical data, it will be approved by the FDA and other cancer types. But as of yet, it's for specifically small cell lung cancer patients. Understood. Dina, back, back to you, Ms. Dina. Um, well, how about you and the stigma? I know you were a smoker. Uh, I'm a, a past smoker myself. I gave it up 20 years ago. But how did you mm -hmm. deal with the stigma of both lung cancer and the smoking and, uh, you know, you're outward every day? How did you deal with that? Well, I don't deal with it. I don't. I don't blame myself for being a smoker, because anybody with lungs can get uh, can get cancer. Uh, that's not uh, necessary. That happens because you smoke, you're going to get cancer. So I really don't deal with that. 
Ah, good for you. Well, I, um, mm -hmm. What about this lung cancer? What did you learn? And were you surprised that there was so little research about small cell lung cancer? Um, I'll let Dr. Lero um, take that for me. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Yeah, Keith Lero. Uh, it is somewhat surprising that the research in lung cancer has mm -hmm. been outpaced by the research in other cancers. Now, that may be, have something to do with a perceived stigma, but as they say, any, anyone with lungs can get lung cancer, and smoking is not the only risk factor. Certainly, asbestos exposure, um, coal dust exposure in coal country, and radon gas, which many people harbor low levels in their basements, um, are also risk factors for lung cancer, and people with absolutely no exposure to any toxin uh, can also get lung cancer. But we are encouraging research, and the uh, Lung Cancer Foundation of America at lcfamerica.org, if anyone is interested, um, can con contact them to help uh, with future treatments. Yeah, we got Lung Cancer Foundation of America. You can even text them, uh, text LCFA to 41444. Uh, we've got Dina Kamal and Dr. Keith Lero. He's an oncologist. Yeah. At, uh, at Wilson Regional Medical <laughs> Center. And the uh, Lung Cancer Foundation of America is bringing us this interview, funding, research funding. People need to help out. It's very important. Correct, Dr. Leo or Lero? Absolutely. Very yeah. important. Yeah. As they say, research is life. So we, it's, it's highly encouraged. Fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining us and for telling us about this, this de definitely game-changing treatment and uh, Dina, I hope you do well. And many years, you got it. Dr. Keith yeah. Lero, keep doing what you're doing. Thank, thank, you. thank you guys so much for joining us today. Again, go to lfcamerica.org for more information. Thanks, guys. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable. Over the past few years, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected how we live our daily lives. Today, we also face a mental health pandemic that threatens our well-being as we attempt to rebuild our social networks and communities. The pandemic has reminded us to value family, community, and our human connections. However, it has also left many of us feeling more isolated, confused, and alone, struggling to find meaning amid loss and uncertainty. Today, one in five Americans experience emotional and mental health challenges, but many of us do not understand what we are facing or know how to ask for help. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, we understand what you are going through, and we are here to help. Our vision is to build a mentally healthy nation for all. We work every day to eliminate stigma, combat mental illness and substance use disorders, and advance mental health. If you or someone you love needs help, you are not alone. Please visit MentallyHealthyNation.org to learn more. Becco's new line of dishwashers feature Corner Intense, the first sprayer that cleans all the way to the corners. Becco achieves this performance using 50% less water and 25% less energy than U.S. standards for dishwashers, which is why when you choose Becco, you not only get cleaner dishes, but you're making the planet cleaner too. Save energy and money with gift card rebates up to $200 on eligible models until December 31st. Visit Becco.com for more details. That's B-E-K-O.com. Hey, Florida, get ready to vote. AARP Florida is empowering voters 50 plus to make their voices heard on the issues that matter most. 
We have the information you need to be prepared to cast your vote. Make sure you know the latest voting guidelines and requirements before you head to the ballot box. Get a free copy of the AARP Florida Voter Guide at aarp.org flvotes. That's aarp.org flvotes. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. The following is an actor portrayal. Hi, I'm Sonia, a health plan navigator. I love my job because I make people's lives easier. If you don't have access to health insurance through an employer, I can help you find coverage that you may qualify for. Open enrollment ends January 15th, so call now. The help is free and there's no obligation. A navigator will show you all your available health coverage options. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword navigator. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dial text message from iHeartMedia. Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? He's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections could lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net. <laughs>